Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Star's Turn, Cosmos and Cards. I am your host, Jay, and I would like to thank you for being here with me once again. I am excited to fall through space with all of you. And I feel like I have a lot to talk about on this episode. So I want to dive right in, but I thought maybe an overview would kind of be fun as well. So we're going to discuss Virgo season. We're going to discuss Mercury being in Libra. Then we're going to talk about the busy day coming up, which is Saturday, August 27th, when we have Venus in Leo square, Uranus in Taurus. We have the sun in Virgo square, Mars in Gemini, and we have the new moon in Virgo. So that is a big day. There's lots to talk about. We're also going to discuss a few tarot cards along the way. Let's get right into it. So first up, happy Virgo season. Virgo season, of course, is when the sun is transiting through the sign of Virgo, moving through the sign of Virgo. And that happens this year from August 22nd until September 22nd. And that definitely takes some of the heat and pressure off because while the sun was in Leo, It was dealing with that opposition to Saturn over in Aquarius, as well as the square with Uranus and the North Node over in Taurus. So as much as I love Leo energy and the fabulousness of it all, I am really looking forward to kind of taking a deep breath and moving through the world a bit more calmly. We are moving into an earth sign so we can all really sink into that earth energy and hopefully find a better sense of grounding in our day-to-day lives. I will, I will very much miss Leo season, but you know what? In 2023, Leo season is going to be that much better because Saturn will have moved on to Pisces by that time. So I think, you know, we have even more to look forward to next year, but for now we are in Virgo season and that is always a great time for getting organized and streamlining for making our routines more efficient, it really is a sign that is the quality control of the Zodiac. I also like to think about it in terms of the renovation type archetype. Type archetype? The renovation archetype. It is adapting structure, improving structure, and increasing the efficiency of a structure. Virgo is all about the little things. And the ability to see how all of the pieces of something work together to make that greater whole. Uh, One of my very good friends is a Virgo, and I think she is fantastic at like taking apart a machine and seeing all of the little pieces and what function each of them serve. And if there's a problem, she can pinpoint it very easily and then put the whole thing back together to make it work more efficiently and more effectively. And because Virgo is very good at seeing all the little things, it does mean, like I just kind of alluded to, that you can easily see the flaws or more easily see the flaws in something, which can help us fix what's not working, but can also push us towards a little bit of perfectionism. We can get really stuck in the details. When it's so easy to see the flaws, you know, we sometimes miss the bigger picture of how things are still working despite those flaws, right? Virgo's also very much like the digestive system. 
taking in what's useful, getting rid of what's not. And then what we're left with is the most efficient and effective parts. We are breaking things down into smaller and more manageable parts in Virgo season. We're pruning, we're editing, we're categorizing, refining, cleaning, clearing, and cleansing. Virgo energy really takes knowledge and turns it into something tangible and practical. It's an energy that's constantly seeking a variety of skills that can then be used in everyday life. It's taking ideas and making them applicable. This is where I really see the magician coming into play, the magician tarot card, because it's taking all of those, you know, more ethereal types of ideas about magic and about manifesting and bringing it into the physical world and turning it into something that we can actually touch and feel and use. And in Virgo season, our focus really shifts away from wanting to be in the spotlight, that very Leo energy, to wanting to be more of service to others and to be helpful with our actions. And that's not to say that Leo energy isn't ever in service of others or never wants to be helpful to others. I think it's very important for us to shine our authentic lights with that Leo energy because that in turn helps to show other people that it's just as safe for them to be vulnerable and and authentic and show up in that shining way. But Virgo, you know, this tends to happen with all of the zodiac signs is that every time we leave a season and go into the next one, there's some sort of quote unquote corrective function. So if we were maybe getting too focused on ourselves, Virgo comes in and helps reminds us that and helps to remind us that we can use all of that to help others as well. And I already mentioned the magician, but the hermit card is actually what corresponds with Virgo itself. The magician, of course, is connected to Mercury, which is the ruler of Virgo. But the hermit is Virgo. And that means that this is a more internal season. You know, the hermit is this time when we are called to kind of move slower, go within, spend time alone in reflection and um, taking time to analyze and looking for what core essentials we really need. You know, as I've kind of said, Virgo really breaks things down into its most manageable and usable and efficient parts. We're only moving forward with what we need, the essentials. And the energy is just a bit quieter. We can also work with the eight, nine, and 10 of pentacles within Virgo season. And I'm going to talk more about the eight of pentacles because that keeps popping up in a lot of the astrology that I'm talking about today. But let's talk about Mercury for a second. So like I said, that is the ruler of Virgo. And so as we begin Virgo season, Mercury will be in Libra, which really brings this sweet and pleasant nature to our interactions and our conversations. Mercury in Libra is really interested in compromise and negotiation. It can help us to see all of the sides of an issue and whether or not we agree with all of the sides of the issue, we can better understand it and work towards seeking some kind of harmony and agreement. And, you know, Libra being ruled by Venus, it wants to find that harmony and it wants to bring people together and it wants things to run smoothly and make for a nice coexistence. 
So that is definitely having an influence on Virgo season as a whole. Although Mercury will move, Mercury is headed towards a retrograde cycle. So it will dip back into Virgo where it's at home uh, and spending time with the sun again, and then back into Libra. So the energy of Virgo season will change a little bit depending on where Mercury is. So always keep your eye to the sky in that way. And I think, you know, that pleasant nature that Mercury can bring, Mercury and Libra can bring to our interactions is going to be very, very helpful for navigating a lot of the energies that are influencing our upcoming Virgo new moon. So just keep that in mind. But before we get to the Virgo new moon, I want to talk about a couple of aspects that are happening on the same day. So that's Saturday the 27th. And the first thing I want to discuss is Venus and Leo square Uranus and Taurus happening at 18 degrees of each of those signs. And this is the first of two aspects that Venus will be making over the weekend. So she's a busy lady this weekend, and that could mean that our regular routines around relationships are getting shaken up a bit. It's not going to be a boring weekend for friendships and connections. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be like all fun and games and exciting, but it's not going to be boring. And there's an interesting echo happening here because back on August 11th, when we had that full moon in Aquarius, we had the sun square Uranus at the exact same degree. The sun in Leo square Uranus and Taurus at the exact same degree. And if you remember back to that episode, I was talking about breaking patterns and shifting behaviors and shifting habits and steps we could take to show up more authentically in our lives. And so now I think like all of those things that we were doing, right, to break out of those habits and to do something surprising and to be more genuine to ourselves are kind of catching up to our relationships. So it's like, how do we maintain those new habits and behaviors and that more authentic reflection of ourselves within our relationships, right? Because the sun represents us, Venus represents our relationships. And of course, that's a real reduction of each planet, but just go with me on that. And first the sun was interacting with Uranus, which shakes shit up. And now Venus is interacting with Uranus, which shakes shit up. So again, right, how do we maintain those new habits within relationships? And we need to remember the people we're in relationship with are trying to do the same thing, right? They're also going through their own version of showing up more authentically in their lives and staying true to themselves. So there's got to be a give and take, right? And that is especially emphasized by the square aspect. We are all coming to the same point from a different angle. And one of us needs to move first before the other one can. And we need to make concessions and we need to make compromises, right? We need to be flexible. We need to understand that my authenticity is just as important as your authenticity. And so how can we work together to make sure we're both staying true to that? And I think because Uranus is involved, there is the possibility of finding new ways to experience joy, Venus being joy. There is this possibility that something unexpected 
could really bring us a lot of pleasure. So I think we need to stay open to unfamiliar energies coming our way and stay curious about how that could really change our relationship to joy and pleasure. And maybe it's the authenticity that somebody else is bringing to the situation that helps us find that delight or that joy or that pleasure. So being flexible and trying to take advantage of, you know, the last minute surprises that Uranus can sometimes throw our way or can often throw our way, I think can really help us navigate any of the tension or prickliness that might pop up. And that prickliness typically means like some adjustment kind of needs to be made. And with Uranus, the adjustments will probably have to happen on the fly. So again, being flexible, staying open. Like I said, it's not going to be a boring weekend. It's definitely going to be exciting and fresh for those of us that, you know, really prefer to have a plan. It might be a little trickier to navigate. But again, if we can open ourselves up to the idea that maybe the the deviation in the plan is what's going to bring us more joy, then who knows? Who knows what will happen? And I just I want to go back to the to the echo that I talked about with the sun already having been in this same position, this same degree with Uranus that Venus is now in. So it's like it's not our first time being here, Right. We have experienced similar energy really not that long ago, like two weeks ago. And so it's just manifesting through a different lens now, through a different, it's even the same parts of our chart, right? It's just happening through with a different flavor. So we got this, we can handle this, but it's probably best to give ourselves lots of space and time on the 27th just to deal with the out of the blue developments that could happen. But, you know, out of the blue developments, sometimes that's like, oh, wow, I didn't think I was going to be able to do that with this person today. And now, look, I have the space to do it. So next up, we have the sun in Virgo, square Mars in Gemini happening at three degrees of each sign again on Saturday, the 27th. And some keywords here really are tension, friction, heat, aggravation. Our tempers might be flaring. There could be a clashing of wills. And this might be happening on an internal level where there's kind of a struggle between two parts of ourselves, but it could also be an external issue with a more like me versus you type situation. But I don't want to say that this is a huge argument or a falling out or anything. Maybe if Saturn was involved, we could look to something like that. But Mars tends to be more of a quick flare-up than anything kind of long-lasting. And honestly, this really feels like more of the same story about each of us trying to remain true to ourselves while navigating something or someone that's kind of working at cross-purposes to that aim. And maybe not even fully cross-purposes, but just coming at things from a different angle. This configuration, however, does open us up to a little more upset thanks to Mars's involvement and our tempers might be a little shorter than usual. We'll probably be feeling a little bit impatient, like things are just not going at the pace that we want them to be or maybe even need them to be. But because of that, it's actually like more important than ever to move at a slower pace as slowly as you possibly can. And try to kind of harness and sustain that Mars momentum 
so we can actually use it for something productive. And the sun in Virgo will actually really thrive on slowing all of that down and trying to be more methodical or sustainable with the energy. It's like I already talked about with the Venus square Uranus, that square aspect. It just means we're all showing up or all of the parts of ourselves are showing up at a different angle. We're all moving kind of towards, well, we might all be moving in different directions. We might all be moving, we might all be wanting to get to the same place, but we're coming at it from a different way. But the point is, there is still the opportunity to move forward. We're not being fully stopped. This is not a do not pass go. You cannot move through. This is an ultimate no. It's just that we have to proceed with caution. We have to give space for others to move through. It's that give and take, right, with that square aspect. It's like coming to a stop sign. You don't want to, well, you can't zoom through a stop sign. You have to stop there, wait to see what's happening, and then you proceed through. So like I said, Mars is usually just more of an acute flare-up than any kind of long-lasting problem. And it may wind up that we're just really productive and go, go, go under this energy. But there is a burnout associated because of Mars. Like Mars will just like go, 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 go until it just fucking crashes. It's like just pedal to the metal on the gas until you run out. But mixed with the Venus and Uranus, I mean, it could be kind of fun. It could just be that you are doing something you're not usually doing. You're getting more done. You are being more adventurous. Just make sure you are proceeding with some caution so you don't crash into anybody else. And again, I think let's come back to the Mercury and Libra of it all because Mercury is ruling both the Sun and Mars in this situation because it rules over both Virgo and Gemini, right? So I think conversations are really going to be the best way through this aspect. We can really reduce the heat of the sun and Mars by cooling down with a more intellectual approach. And Virgo and Gemini both prefer to be in that mental zone. So approaching disputes or tensions through communication and honestly just straight up facts and data could be very helpful to temper the flare. And that Libran and Venusian sweetness will just grease the wheels for us. And then last but certainly not least, on the 27th, we have the Virgo new moon happening at four degrees of Virgo. And what we need to remember is that everything happening on the 27th is influencing this new moon. So the Venus and Uranus square and the Sun and Mars square, yes, they're happening a little bit before the Virgo new moon, but their energies are influencing the day. And especially the Sun square Mars because the Sun has a direct involvement in the new moon as well. But I think we can use the drive and motivation from Mars as well as the newness, the freshness of the moon actually take some action around whatever is aggravating us from that square. And let's revisit Mercury and Libra once again, because this also rules the Virgo new moon, of course. And as I mentioned up top, Mercury is moving towards a retrograde cycle. So that means it's moving a bit slower. 
And I think this also helps to temper the flames of Mars and the urgency and impatience of Mars. Because the ruler of the lunation is saying, like, let's keep our eyes on the prize of the longer game. Like, it has a long cycle to move through as it makes its way through a little bit of Libra, then comes back, then goes back into Virgo, then makes its way forward again. So it is telling us, like, we have some time to figure all of this out. And while things might feel very urgent and of the utmost importance right now because of that Mars influence, if we can just harness it and sustain it, it can be very useful over the next little while. And it's also, I mean, the Mars and Gemini stuff, square the sun and Virgo, is really speaking to the longer game about Mars and Gemini. And if you want to know more about Mars and Gemini, head back to episode four, where I did a deep dive on that transit. And again, the Libran and Venusian influence that's being that's that's being brought to Mercury right now brings that sweetness to our interactions, right? And encourages us to find a balance and a harmony in our connections and conversations. So I think as much as the energy might be prickly on the day of the new moon because of the squares and the tension that squares just inherently bring, with Mercury having such an influence over things because we're in Virgo season, because it's the Virgo new moon, because it's ruling over the sun in that square to Mars, I think there is a lot of potential for Venus to bring a sweetness to everything. In general, a Virgo new moon is all about organizing, tidying up, making improvements, and increasing efficiency, especially related to the topics and relationships in the Virgo parts of our chart, but also just on a collective level. I know that there's been many a Virgo new moon where I have done a deep clean in my house or I have gone through my closet and gotten rid of, you know, clothes that I'm no longer wearing. And one time it it uh, the way it manifested was so interesting and so perfect because Virgo rules my 11th house, which is friends, networks, associations, that kind of stuff. And one time I realized I had just been going through all of my messaging apps and deleting old messages that either I wasn't like I wasn't talking really to that person very often anymore, or it was just taking up too much space on the phone and I could get rid of some of the data that was there. And of course, data being a very mercury related thing. So it's always interesting to see how that energy uh, shines through the kind of lens of your own Virgo house, right? Maybe Virgo is your second house and you are taking a look at some paperwork to do with money or you are, you know, focusing on bank accounts like figuring out budgeting and pruning down expenses or something like that. Because Virgo is such a mentally stimulating energy, under the new moon, we might be spending a lot of time analyzing or strategizing around something that's happening in our lives. And it could have us feeling a little detached and in our heads. And mileage varies on that, right? Like maybe, you know, it's a new moon. So it's also a great time to be internal and to get quiet and to really sit with those feelings and those thoughts. And the one thing that we run the risk of is just getting stuck in our heads and getting stuck in that analysis paralysis type place or dealing with a little bit of 
anxiety just because the, everything is so mentally stimulating and so it feels a little bit unsettled. So definitely also ease yourself into the earth energy of the Virgo new moon and do some grounding practices. Or if you are, if you can, if you're like doing a meditation or something, maybe do it outside where your hands and your feet can touch the ground and whatever helps you feel grounded and not so in your head for too long anyway. And as I already mentioned, Virgo can be a little bit of a perfectionist energy But I think we're going to have to navigate that with the Mars energy that wants to just get something like literally fucking anything done. And so maybe we're learning to be okay with the idea that any type of progress is good enough. Even if we do one thing, great, we did that one thing. That's enough. And now I want to talk about the Eight of Pentacles because it is showing up not only in this Virgo new moon, but Virgo season in general, and as well as the Sun square Mars. So you've heard me talk about the decans before and how each zodiac sign has three decans and there is a card for each of those decans. So for Virgo and Virgo season, we're moving through the Eight, Nine, and Ten of Pentacles. And so the beginning of Virgo season is the eight of pentacles, right? And so from zero degrees to nine degrees of Virgo, we are dealing with that first decan and the eight of pentacles. So both the sun square Mars and the Virgo new moon are happening within that decan and are making some kind of reflection with, or some kind of connection with the eight of pentacles. And the eight of pentacles is for me really about the long haul about building your craft over time. It's patience and persistence. There are no shortcuts with the Eight of Pentacles and a lot of dedication. It is a truly life-changing energy. When you're moving through the Eight of Pentacles, you're going from being essentially a beginner at something to almost mastering a skill or to becoming very confident with a particular type of skill. It really speaks to that Virgo interest of learning skills that can have practical and tangible results, or developing, refining, and perfecting skills. And so perhaps a lot of this energy on the 27th and then the beginning of Virgo season in general is a time for setting out on a path of perfecting something. And while that Mars energy really wants us to go, and even the new moon energy is like, let's go, let's get started. But we have to remember that it is not a one day thing, even though the new moon just happens on that day, right? Or the square happens on that day. This energy of wanting to dive in and perfect something and really learn something through and through is a longer journey. Maybe it's only two weeks. Maybe it only lasts until the full moon, but maybe it's six months and it lasts until the full moon in Virgo. Maybe it's a year-long process that takes us until the next new moon in Virgo. Whatever it might be, it's longer than just a moment. Now, all of that said, I do think that the Eight of Pentacles can speak to our daily routines, which I think is still kind of under the umbrella of long haul. 
because the routines that we put into place, we typically do for long periods at a time, right? And with Virgo season and with the Virgo new moon, I think there's a chance to take a look at our daily routines and see what's working, what's not working. Where do we need to restructure some of these things? How can we be more efficient with our routines? But I also think it's a great time to ask the question of how we can make our daily rhythms and routines into rituals, right? If we're doing them every day, how can we make each little routine that we do a sacred ritual? Because to me, this is where magic really opens itself up. So let's just take the act of having a cup of coffee every day, for example. That's a routine, right? That is part of our daily rhythm. So how can we use that cup of coffee to create some kind of magic in our lives? How can we use the time when we brush our teeth to bring magic into our lives? I think the Virgo energy can be incredibly witchy and magical in this way, in terms of that more mundane magic, that more everyday ritual type thing. Because not everything has to be the big ritual, the big offering. We can do something every single day, like I said, as we brush our teeth or have a cup of coffee or walking your dog, right? Like, There are so many ways to infuse our world with magic. And under this new moon, we really get this chance to say, okay, how can I incorporate that? How can I change up my rhythms and routines to make them rituals? And if you think about it, a ritual is something that you do all the time, right? So it's already kind of baked into the concept. We just have to be more mindful and proactive, I guess, about it. The Eight of Pentacles also feels a bit like a mini hermit card to me, maybe just with more of a focus on creating something tangible rather than with the hermit. I feel like it's a very internal and very mental kind of situation, whereas the Eight of Pentacles really brings in the earth energy of Virgo. But if we go back to the reading of eight of pentacles being kind of this like journey that we go on to craft or to mastering a craft then it's this time that we are taking to kind of be on our own journey in that way in the same way that the hermit does right so maybe it is a sign this new moon to give more energy to the projects and rituals that are very meaningful for us and help to sustain and nourish us on that soul level. So lots to think about with August the 27th. It's going to be an interesting Saturday. I think the astrology is so funny and perfect for me. I'm going to be in a place that I have never been before. I'm going to be in a different country meeting people for the very first time. And I think that so speaks to the Venus in Leo square Uranus and Taurus and the Sun in Virgo square Mars and Gemini because it's like shaking shit up, doing something different, navigating different people's needs. I mean, I'm way too excited and enthusiastic about what's happening to worry about any of that Mars influence. Like, 
it'll be fine. I think actually how it's going to manifest is that we're all going to be so darn excited to do certain things that maybe we burn ourselves out a little bit and we have to rest on the Sunday, but like, whatever. But I just think that's so funny how it's manifesting for me. And, you know, the fact that Virgo is my 11th house of friends and networks and associations. And it's like, I'm going to be with these friends and these people that I have only ever met online, a kind of mercurial thing. So just mind blowing as always the astrology. And I would love, I would absolutely love to know how it's playing out for you or how you think it's going to play out for you. Like where is Virgo in your chart? Where is a lot of this energy cropping up for you? What do you usually do to celebrate a new moon? And what are you going to be doing for this new moon? I'd also love to know if you have other thoughts on the eight of pentacles. Like when that card comes up, what does it represent for you? And what's the invitations that you typically find with that card. And if you feel like sharing any of that info with me, you can find me on Instagram at damnfinewitch. I'll probably have a post up about this episode or just feel free to send me a DM, whatever you like. I would love to hear from you. And I'm so grateful that you joined me for this episode. I'm very appreciative that you let me into your podcasting space or wherever you're listening to me. It is awesome to be here with you. Like I said, I am traveling at the end of August and I'm not sure when I'll be able to record the next episode, but I am hoping to make some kind of something for the upcoming full moon in Pisces, which will be happening in September. So hopefully I'll see you for that. But until then, I'll catch you in the cosmos. Mm -hmm.